Good day, everyone. This is Vaughn or Strix.eth, and this is Tip of the Iceberg, episode number one, our inaugural episode. This podcast is brought to you by Iceberg Labs. Uh, we have a second podcast, a website, and much more to come. So in our inaugural episode, I'm just going to get right into it. The topics are going to be NFT Worlds rebranding to Topia, Doodle Studio and Adidas Collab, more on Adidas Artifact and Puma, the Imaginary Rides Mint, I don't know if you know about that, and their game that just finished up, Pepe, uh, Meme Coin by Memeland, and ENS's 6th anniversary. So let's get right into it. All right, so topic number one, NFT Worlds rebranding into Topia. That's how I'm going to say it, T-O-P-I-A. So they tweeted, NFT Worlds rebrand and migration, the rebranding to a new name in early May. We now know that name, Topia. The NFTs are migrating to new contracts via an airdrop. No unstake necessary. Royalties will be enforced and holders don't need to do anything. So that's good news. If you're a holder of these, when I grabbed all this information, the floor price was at 2.2 ETH. These bottom out, if I recall, around half an ETH. Uh, peaked at almost 20 ETH back in the day from a free mint in, I believe, October 2021. Anyways, you can see the branding down here on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. If not, uh, picture Minecraft because the branding and the characters and the world looks so much like Minecraft to me. Um, you know, if you don't know the history of NFT Worlds, they were built on top of Minecraft. They were basically 10,000 Minecraft servers. Um, that you could build for your NFT project. They were all linked through their WRLD token. They had a marketplace all set up and all integrated into Minecraft until Microsoft came out and put a stop to that. They put some rules in place, basically directly targeting NFT world, so it put a stop to that. They couldn't use Minecraft anymore. Originally, I was really bullish on it because leveraging Minecraft's hundreds of millions of players could have been a quick way to get mass adoption, but that was put on halt and they built their entire own game unfortunately in my opinion they decided to make it look exactly like minecraft um, if you're going to take your time to build a whole new game yourself why not maybe make it look less like minecraft which you've already kinda had some issues with so I don't know about that I think maybe just make it look less like Minecraft. I don't know if it would cause any issues for it to look like Minecraft. Probably not. Who knows? But it, it just looks like a carbon copy of it. Some big news from their main dev. They said that NFT Worlds, amongst everything else they're working on, will be launching on its own chain on top of WRLD token in the near future. Their chain will be specifically for in-game transactions, interactions, etc., they also said that this means WRLD will be the network token used to pay for transactions, gas, etc. And Captain Trippy.eth asked what layer it would be, and they also told them that it would be a layer two or layer layer three. It's being finalized for the solution they land on, and it's likely going to be secured by ETH layer one. So all things considered, this was a free mint back in the day. They've done a lot. They've built. Um, a Freeman and they've they've done more than most teams so it's really impressive that they stuck through it after Microsoft stepped in and caused them a lot of hiccups and issues that they had to work through and built their whole game whole new game um, despite my comments I just made about it looking a lot like Minecraft I do feel that way but they definitely are one of the hardest working teams in the space you can easily tell that if you pay attention to what they've been doing at all so 
over a week ago now, I believe it was, Doodles launched the studio. Um, right now, I just checked, it's around $20 for a beta pass, and you're going to need about $100 if you really want to get started uh, putting clothes on your doodle. So I guess you, you definitely are going to want $125 to $150 or so just to get started base level here. Um, if you ever wanted a doodles NFT, um, well, I guess now's your chance. It's on a completely different chain. It's not on ETH. You're not going to get a lot of the benefits. Um, but, you know, the entry is significantly less because a doodles is still, what, $5,000 USD or whatever they peaked at. Um, I don't even know. They were 20 ETH at one point. ETH was probably a few thousand dollars. So they definitely went over 50K, I would say, at one point. And now you can get in on a doodles, too, for $150. Completely different project to own one, but if you like the branding, you like what they're doing, there's your chance. So, in this episode, we are going to touch on the three big shoe brands basically Puma, Nike with Artifact, and Adidas. Um, Pharrell is part of Doodle's board, I believe, to do with marketing. And there's a Pharrell Doodle's Adidas 300 pack drop where you get wearables and physicals, which I believe has now happened at this time. I've seen, I believe, Pranksy and some others tweeted that they got lucky and they got one of them. So you needed an OG Doodles to get one of these, plus do some other things. So it was limited and competitive. Um, but they did include physicals along with wearables. So there was um, Pharrell 50th Birthday Limited Edition. There's going to be 12 of those of the 300. And every pack of the 300 was going to have one of the Pastel Adidas Human Race Samba shoes. Um, the rarer ones had skate decks and other things. So it's interesting because I don't recall when Doodles started to launch and talk about Doodles too. Mention wearables, uh, sorry, physical wearables at all. Um, it was strictly seemed to be based on digital ones right down to different color socks um, you, and stuff like that. So to see them bring the physicals into play, I don't know if that was kind of a pivot to see after they seen the reaction from the market about their project, but I think it's a good call. It's incentivizing to to want to get in on some of this stuff, but I, I don't know if it would have made you go purchase OG Doodle and stuff like that, but it's good to see, and I personally like to see it for Adidas's footprint in the space as well. So let's continue talking about Adidas here now. Uh, a few days ago, the Adidas alts had their alter ego traits revealed. So basically, they uh, the Adidas alts were originally the Into the Metaverse collection, if you know what that is. It was a Bored Ape and Punk's comic um, collab with Adidas where there was physical tracksuits that took a really, really long time to get shipped out. And basically, Adidas, I guess they weren't satisfied with what they had done there. And uh, also, the market wasn't satisfied because it took forever to get these tracksuits. And there was definitely mixed feelings on them when they did receive them. So Adidas went back to the drawing board, basically Web3. They took about a year, as far as I know, to um, you know fully redevelop their thought process on how they would enter Web3. And then they took another six months or so to uh, build out a team. So it was six months and six months. It was definitely a year while all that was happening. And now the alts collection, you took your Into the Metaverse thing and you could burn it and get an alt at this time. So this is what we're talking about here. This is Adidas's main collection 
in Web3 at this point. They've already used the alts to do a token-gated drop. So the Indigo Hertz drop in the Adidas Confirmed app, which millions of people use for all kinds of sneakers and Adidas uh, clothing drops. So it's, it's now Web3 outfitted, the Adidas Confirmed app. Yeah, you heard that right. It is now fully Web3 integrated. It uses token proof to verify your NFTs in the actual confirmed app. And they actually used it to do a uh, pair of shoes and I believe a sweater specific to alts holders. So the Indigo Hertz drop is fully public with a few different pairs of shoes and the tracksuit and stuff. And anyone can get that. And it has the board ape on it. But they did do a token gated drop prior, so that's super dope to see them going straight through that Web 2 traditional distribution method um, through the Adidas Confirmed app and integrating Web 3 token gated stuff into it. So the idea here, I, I've read a bit about it, was that they were really not happy with the one-year delivery of a tracksuit, which I don't think anyone was happy with. So they decided that didn't use Adidas Confirmed and the traditional methods, so they needed to bridge their traditional methods of web 2 adidas confirmed with web 3 and people have been getting these orders um within 24 hours the token gated drop people i've seen some people were getting it within 24 hours personally i like it and i do like the public drop shoes even more um the nmds are pretty cool you can go check it out it's on the adidas confirmed app adidas.com so it's nice to see that web 3 branding uh out there for all adidas users people who visit the website to see and just a note on the alter ego traits, so there's eight of those. There's different ones for different sports, fashion, stuff like that. The Souls one on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube, it's called the Alter Ego Souls. It is for sneaker heads and skateboarding stuff. That's the one I got because it specifically mentions the Adidas Confirmed app in its description. And there's only um, up to 3,750 Souls alts ever available. And there is obviously a lot more than 4,000 sneaker heads in the world. So I think this is the play that I like the most. But I think that all the alter egos are going to have a place definitely for sure. And I think it will be interesting. And it's a good way to break up the 30,000 piece collection because that's a lot. But with the eight different types of egos, um, I think there can be a place for, for all the pieces in the collection. So continuing on with the big companies in shoes, uh, Puma went with 10KTF to release custom slipstream shoes. Um, this was a bit ago now, um, I think like a week and a half ago at first drop, but this past week they did it so that punks, mebits, and apes could get involved here. Um, so the difference here is that this is a custom shoe that accompanies the look of your, your profile picture, the colors go with your profile picture, your profile picture goes on the tongue of it, um, but this wasn't uh, accepted that well by the community initially, it was because it's 208 coin, which last I checked was worth about 760 USD, so $760 for some custom shoes, it wasn't received well, and then they made it so that you could also get a Super Puma airdrop, in with it which is an nft collection puma release which is under a 0.1 eth floor um so in total now you gotta spend 208 and you get a super puma drop you get a physical custom shoe and a wearable um for i guess battletown and 10k tf in the metaverse um 
But basically, to me, this Apes, Punks, Mebit, uh, you know, extension of it and offering was because it didn't sell out, I assume, initially. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to touch on this because we are talking about Adidas and I want to mention this Puma thing. And there's Artifact also in this uh, podcast coming up. But I do think there's a place for all three of these companies to be successful. They're all successful in Web 2 or Web 1 traditional in physical world. They're all successful. They can all be successful here in my opinion. There's competition is good and is healthy and they're all doing it slightly different. So it's super cool. I like the customization of this through 10KTF, uh, which makes sense because that's what 10KTF kind of is about, you know, customizing wearables and stuff, but they're bridging it to the physical here. It is really expensive, 208, 760 USD. The Adidas drop we just talked about is priced exactly how a normal piece of clothing by Adidas will be priced. Like NMDs are 160 USD or something like that. So it is a big difference in price, but you do get a couple NFTs here. If you're involved in 10KTF, it might be something you're willing to pay for because you might want to miss out on it because I assume these wearables, there will be rare at some point in time. Um, $760 is a lot right now. So it's a big decision, obviously. So if you haven't been on NFT Twitter in the past week, um, you probably would have missed LeBron James wearing the Artifact shoes headed to a playoff game. But I didn't miss it. I seen it about a thousand times posted, people getting hyped about CloneX, stuff like that. CloneX is doing well. Um, it's almost pushing three ETH, I believe. Now, I don't really think seeing LeBron James wearing them is necessarily a reason to pump the floor, and there was something with a blur bid thing, a whale buying up a bunch is actually what kind of leveraged the news of LeBron wearing them to make a play on the market that way. But anyway, Artifact currently has a forging event going on. If you're on YouTube, you can see a couple of the pairs here. Um, so... You know, there's a bunch of different pairs of shoes you can buy with between, I think, 1,000 and 1,500 for, you know, sets of them. For some of them, I think some of them has down in the couple hundred pairs, so it's pretty rare. Um, they just extended this from May 8th to 10th, so I don't, I didn't look into why or what that might say about it, um, you know, because I know people were hyped for this forging once they started seeing the physicals on someone like LeBron James. So I don't know if May 8th to 10th extension was because of gas or or lack of, of people doing it, doing the forging, or people loving it and adding more to it. But it is extended from the 8th to the 10th. That's not that long. And there's a bunch of different pairs you can get, and I think they look cool. Um, you know, it's, it's just interesting to watch these three shoe brands do their thing here in Web3. Um, Nike acquired Artifact to do it. Adidas is doing their own thing with their own alts collection, and Puma seems to be going more of the collab route because the Super Puma collection is more of a PFP little character type thing. I'm not sure. I don't know if you have a side or you even care, um, but I think branding NFTs in the physical world is dope because it's art. And it's a good fit. Um, and it's going to be interesting just to see where these companies go from here. So I don't know if you guys remember Imaginary Ones or if you've been paying attention to them at all. Um, if you remember Invisible Friends, Imaginary Ones 
in my mind, back when they started, they just copied what Invisible Friends were doing. This was peak bull market, and people started copying the motion art that Invisible Friends had done. And Imaginary Ones just looked like someone who was copying it to make a quick buck. Turns out, that's super wrong, because their market cap of Imaginary Ones to this day is higher than Invisible Friends. Uh, the collection's bigger, and the floor prices are similar. So the market cap's higher. And Imaginary Ones is building. They are building. They had this Bubble Rider game that was open for about a month, and it ended over the weekend. I don't know if you played it. It was a simple, casual game. They're doing a play on casual gaming um, with their whole... They're trying to build what they're calling a Web3 Disney with the digital theme park thing. So they're trying to... You know how Disney in, in IRL is all about casual... Um, you know, viewing experiences, um, immersive experiences, going on theme park rides. They they capture a really large audience. So Imaginary Ones is taking the same route in Web3 to try and capture as large an audience as they can. So the Bubble Rider game was open to the public. You could win their NFTs. You could win their new ones that are coming out. These are worth a lot of money. So it's pretty cool. It was open to the public. Well, they also had collaborations where I think they had over 50 different NFT collections, had their own leaderboards, and had their own things you could win if you own the NFTs, and you could go into these private leagues and stuff. So it was pretty far-reaching because in and over the weekend, there was over 6 million runs done on the game. So you can picture that, like a little phone type of game, but played on PC, something like Flappy Bird or Temple Run type of runs and 6 million different runs with 54,000 unique players. So that, in my opinion, is quite impressive. 54,000 unique players and 6 million runs, far-reaching, and they succeeded in what they're trying to do, in my opinion. So all this with that game was leading up to their Imaginary Rides Mint, which started yesterday at 10 p.m. EST, weird time to start, um, they're aware of the high gas situation, um, so it's priced at 0.13 ETH, and why I say they're aware of the gas situation is they've been talking about it, and they're still doing their mint, so 0.13 ETH mint, but if you don't manage to get one, they'll refund you 0.15 ETH, because they know how much gas is, so they'll give you 0.02 ETH back to cover your gas, basically. And this Imaginary Rides collection is a 20k collection, but there's only 10,800 for mint, um, the one thing I find a little interesting um, is there's no open C collection until May 11th. So when you mint it, you don't get it right away, I don't think. It's kind of like you're paying and they're going to airdrop them all on May 11th. You might want to look into that yourself if you are getting involved in this. As far as I can see, that's what it is. Basically, you're kind of paying and depositing money. And if you get one, you'll get it airdropped on May 11th which I haven't really seen before or remember seeing. I'm sure it's happened, um, but it's interesting. And they say that they value a imaginary ride at one-third of an imaginary one. So an imaginary one was 1.15 ETH. So you're talking about, what, uh, point, almost 0.4 ETH would be a third of that, almost. So at 0.13 ETH, they're, according to them, that they're giving you a great deal based on the floor price. 
because I've seen they laid out that they have this whole reward system with bubbles and an IO token coming, and they're going to reward you as if it's one-third of an imaginary one. So they're telling you that the value of this ride is going to equate to one-third of the you know rewards of an imaginary one. So at 0.13 ETH, three times that is 0.39 so they're valuing it as if an imaginary one is only 0.39, but actually they're 1.15. So if they're really going to reward you, which I assume they are because they're announcing it and they're putting out some details on Twitter, and you want in, then this seems like a good call. And I don't know. <laughs> if I had an imaginary one and I seen them saying this, I don't know. that I would want the rides for sure and... Obviously, there's going to be perks from an imaginary one, plus a ride and stuff like that, as they've been saying. But it is interesting to to openly say, we're giving one-third of the value of an imaginary one for an imaginary ride. So I like that, the transparency from them. They did a great job on the game. It'll be interesting to see how the mint plays out. All right, we got to talk about Pepe. Where does it go next? Meme coins, it's everything right now. My whole Twitter feed, meme coins, Pepe. Turbo, whatever, bags, jug, random foods, everything. Everything's a meme coin right now. So Pepe passed a 1.5 billion market cap there leading into this weekend. Um, it's back to around 1 billion, slightly under uh, when I grab this info. Gas has been high for a couple weeks at this point, all because of meme coins, Pepe, Turbo, and like I said, anything else you can think of, um, when Pepe sent past 1.5 billion, it was basically because some central exchanges decided to list it. I'm talking crypto.com, Binance, and some others. Uh, there's talk of Coinbase potentially happening today or this week. Don't know if that's just a rumor made up or if it's actually going to happen. But um, basically, with all this high gas, Solana meme coin season has started as well. There was a token called Guac, which sent, and I know know some people made some huge thousand X's off of that as well. But the flip side, all these meme coins, you see everyone tweeting about the fact that they made all kinds of money. There's losers for most of the winners as well, and there's also straight up rugs where nobody is winning because there's honey pots, um, things. You know, it's just just different ways of rugging. So you just gotta know that you're you're in a casino here gambling basically, and don't use any money that you wouldn't want to lose. And my one thing I would say is, if you do want to just gamble with a little bit of money, um, Solana is easy to access now, and the gas fees are literally fractions of a cent. Whereas right now on ETH, you're paying hundreds of dollars in gas. So continuing with the meme coins is literally meme token by meme land. This is the one meme coin to rule them all according to meme coin themselves. And I agree if this launches while this meme coin hype is happening, this is going to send, 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 send. I thought this was going to kill it before meme coin season happened. And now it's literally named meme coin. It's associated with nine gag. And if this launches, it's going to do very, very well, in my opinion. So there was a little bit of news on MemeCoin here recently. On May 5th, they tweeted a bunch of things about tokenomics they're not showing yet. But they do want you to know that the community 
is getting 69% of meme coin. Now that won't be dropped right away. I assume that would be strange if it was. There will be a lot of different unlocks along the way, but 69% is going to the community. So I assume, but I don't know, that that means it's split between potatoes and captains, and potentially the MVP collection. I'm going to say that I agree with their tweet about one meme, the rule of all this token. In my opinion, I think will do very, very, very well. And there's a lot of people that clearly think that because captains and potatoes have been doing great. So I don't know if you know what ENS is, but it stands for Ethereum Name Service. It is when you see .eth names on Twitter and stuff like that. That's what an ENS is. I'm Strix.eth. That is an ENS name. So ENS has been around for a long time. They're an important part of the Ethereum Network's infrastructure, in my opinion. Um, they make your address human readable. So if you want some ETH sent to you, you can say send it to Strix.eth instead of OX1ABCH3, whatever. Um, and so, like I said, they've been building for a long time. It was their anniversary, their sixth anniversary. Happy birthday to ENS. Sixth anniversary on May the 4th. And they did a po-op for this to celebrate their sixth anniversary with a bit of Star Wars theme. Um, and there were some requirements. You can just do these now. I believe you can still do these and get the po-op until the end of May, according to what I've seen on Twitter from the account itself. So you need to own an ENS name, set a primary name, and set an avatar. So an avatar being a picture on the name and setting primary name. Um, there's also some things you got to do there. Um, basically, the POAP claim is gasless, which is nice, but if you need to set a primary name or a picture, an avatar, that's going to cost you gas. So you're going to want to do that at an opportune time if you're interested in this. So start looking into it now. You have until the end of May and figure out how you're going to set a primary name and an avatar and wait for gas to go down, set it, and you can claim your POAP. I think it's a cool little thing for ENS to do. A lot of people love ENS, and if you're not into it and it sounds like something you'd be interested in, then, you know, go have a look. I'm sure people will help you on Twitter and Discords and stuff. There's a lot of people in the ENS community that want to onboard other people, so I'm sure people will be happy to help you. Speaking of ENS, I'm going to talk about it slightly on this show every single time I do it. We're going to look at some of the sales because watching ENS sales is really interesting because you can see some of the big brands um, claiming their identities um, and, and just interesting names getting bought for potentially high amounts of money. Um, Adidas, for instance, has their .eth name and their employees that are in Web3 use subdomains now. Um, OpenSea looks rare. A lot of crypto companies own their their uh, name. The Patriots, like the New England Patriots, Patriots.eth was bought for a lot of money um, last year, I believe it was. So it's interesting to see ENS sales because it can kind of show you uh, how serious some companies are about uh, you know Web3 and Ethereum, in my opinion. With that being said, none of the top categories of sales have anything to do with companies at this time. And in the past 24 hours, the 10K Club, which is the numbers 0000, 000, 000 through 9999, 10,000 numbers, have a 12 ETH worth of volume in the past 24 hours. The 999 Club, which is 000 to 999, have 8.5 ETH in volume. Four-digit palindromes, which fall within the 10K Club, have 3.2 ETH. And you can see those in the top sales in a second. 
the 100K Club, which is 0 to 99,999, have just zero, just half ETH worth of volume. So the top sales in the past 24 hours, 322, the numbers, 322.ETH, part of the 999 Club, sold for 8.5 ETH, which I, it was accepted a ETH offer, and I believe that's probably below the floor. 2500.2500.ETH sold for 3 ETH. That's a nice number in my opinion. And then two palindromes. I said above, the four-digit palindromes collection have 3.2 ETH volume in the past 24 hours. And the third and fourth sale are both palindromes for 1.6 ETH each. And that is 6226.ETH and 6336.ETH for 1.6 ETH each. Let's hope that we see ENS pick up. As gas goes down and the bull market starts to return, um, ENS is definitely in a lull right now. These are underwhelming stats for ENS, and uh, you can see it pick up hopefully soon. So just a few things to keep an eye on here this week. Um, the imaginary rides mint status, we talked about that. So let's see if that mints out, um, how the whole airdrop depositing type thing works. I'd also keep an eye on gas, see what GUI is at, because... To me, that's kind of an indicator of meme coin season on ETH, um, where people are. Are people still aping into all kinds of meme coins and stuff like that? Are people uh, dipping out of Pepe finally and taking profits? Could spike ETH if gas? If you start seeing gas below 50, meme coin season could be slowing because it hasn't been that low in weeks at this point. Yuga Labs has been doing Legends of the Mara updates on Tuesday, so keep an eye out on that. I'm hoping soon the announcement is going to be that it's time to play the game because there's been a slow drip of information there but so hopefully we got a big one coming soon and that's on tuesdays 10ktf does updates every thursday so obviously keep an eye out for that and, and also in other news bitcoin withdrawals had to be stopped by binance um there's been a mass amount of this inscriptions that are clogging up the pool of transactions Bitcoin's not made to have these huge files um, go through quickly and stuff like that. So the actual financial and monetary transactions are kind of being backed up because of these NFTs being inscribed and stuff like that. And as I said earlier, one last thing, there's a Pepe Coinbase listing rumor going on out there. So we're around 1 billion market cap now. If the Coinbase listing happens, um, we could see a bounce for sure. Uh, keep an eye on that. And there's one other thing to keep an eye on for that I forgot to mention here on the slideshow if you're watching on YouTube. Blur has a new collection coming, I believe, today on Monday for their blend lending protocol. I never touched on that in the podcast. Um, it's pretty technical. It's for traders who want to get really in-depth, and it's not really something I want to touch on um, because... It's still so early, uh, it's pretty sketchy, and to use it, um, do your due diligence for sure if you're going to get involved in lending or lending money or borrowing money um, in the NFT space. Things change quickly, the price of ETH changes quickly, floor prices change quickly, the interest rates are based daily. Um, so that's all I'm going to say about Blend for now, but keep an eye out on the next question they're going to announce. Um, that that is coming and uh, yeah keep an eye out for that as well so some closing thoughts nothing on this podcast is ever financial advice this is my opinion 
uh, form your own opinions, take the information, look deeper into stuff, make your own decisions. It's not financial advice. We're going to have another podcast called Beneath the Surface here from Iceberg Labs. It's going to be more for the building side of stuff. So if all you're interested in is trading and collecting, you're going to listen to the tip of the iceberg. If you're interested in potentially getting into building or just interested in what's going on there, um, we're going to have Beneath the Surface. It's going to be about blockchain and Web3 infrastructure. There's going to be episodes coming soon. We also have a blog on Iceberg Labs website. Um, the posts are going to be coming soon there as well. Nothing yet, but follow socials to keep up to date. They're all on the screen or in the description below. Um, if you somehow found this podcast, I really appreciate you. If you listened this far, for sure, this is our inaugural episode. It's just me doing them for now, which I'm fine with. Um, and I really, really thank you for listening. Thanks. Have a great week. I'll see you next time.